Boker Tov, good morning. This coming Shabbos is Pashas Vayigash, who happens to be my my cedra, my bar mitzvah cedra. And the theme is the nature of a ghetto. The very word ghetto evokes images of anti-Semitism, persecution, and pogroms. But is a Jewish ghetto such a negative phenomenon after all? By Ephraim Buchwald, director of, of Association of Jewish Outward Professionals, has, has produced a frightening statistics of the approximate at the time was six million Jews in America today, the less than that, two million no longer identified as Jews. And most, they will admit the, the Jewish descent. Uh, two million do call themselves uh, Jewish, but no, but no living connection to Judaism whatsoever. While the remaining two million can be divided between those who attend synagogue only three days a year, those who those were seriously cons, 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 seriously cons, committed to the Jewish uh, heritage. It turns out that a good part of those intensely involved in Judaism live in self-imposed ghettos. With such shocking figures, it's not surprising that certain Jews say, no thank you, to the best of what the Western culture has to offer. They prefer to create communities where the walls of separation may, may, may not be visible, but none are nonetheless very real. Never mind that the more liberal Jews look upon these relics as from the age when ghettos were the, were the, <clears throat> were the horrors of the Jewish ex existence and shudder at the idea of a ghetto in a great American city. After all, ghettos expressed the essence of European paranoia, the medieval practice of the Gentile political leadership, isolating Jews into one area of the town or city, forcing them to live <clears throat> behind the walls, controlling their professions and confiscating their goods as well. It, in its ultimate expression, the ghetto becomes the reception area of a final solution. And with the Warsaw Lodge, Krakow, ghettos still fresh in many minds, it's no wonder that the word ghetto is the very antithesis of safety and protection. Yet if we look closer to at this week's Torah portion, Vayigash, we find evidence of a different concept of ghetto. The self-imposed choice of the Jews throughout generations whenever they had to live in a foreign country. In fact, one might even say that the original Jewish ghetto was in the land of Goshen, in Egypt, when a small community of 70 settlers left their birthplace in Israel for the foreign country, whose grand vizier Joseph promised his relative financial security. Read Joseph's instruction to his brothers for dealing with the government officials. When Pharaoh summons you and inquires as to your occupation, you must say, quote, we and our father have dealt in livestock all our lives. You will then be able to settle in Goshen district since all the shepherds are taboo in Egypt. Genesis 46, 23. The lamb 
was one of the gods exalted by the children of the Nile and counted between those who venerated sheep and those who, who grazed and ate them would have been disastrous. Hence, <clears throat> describing themselves as shepherds would guarantee, them, guarantee their being placed in a separate area, far enough away from the court of Pharaoh and it well settled Egyptian community. The possibility existed that Joseph wanted his foreign and conspicuously Jewish native relatives as far from Egyptian side as possible, <clears throat> but there's no proof in the text for such a reading. Indeed, Joseph does not seem to be ashamed of his roots. <clears throat> He's proud of his father, his brothers, his ancestors, Isaac, Abraham, Rebekah, and Sarah. Ruben Bachai, 1263 to, to 1340, gives an economic reason for the manner in which Joseph co coached his brothers. As shepherds, they would not have any competition. After all, since every shepherd is an abomination, they would be, they would be the only shepherds. Moreover, this sheep would wield wool, would yield wool, providing garments for others and themselves as well as basic foods such as milk and cheese. The necessities of life, warm and physical sustenance, are the natural dividends of a shepherd existence. And if the price for such economic security was to live more or less in isolation, in, <clears throat> in distant from Goshen, then let it be. But the Kleidakar, 1550 to 1619, and Amik Davar, 1817 to 1893, agreed that the Hebrew themselves wanted to be in a remote area. In a sense, they chose Goshen for the same reason Jews might today, uh, might today choose to live in Muncie in Bnei Brak. Far off in Goshen, the descendants of Jacob, away from the fleshpots of Egypt, Egypt nightclubs, and descendants of Jacob, would guard what was unique about them as a people. In effect, they would be established their own culture and society with their own yeshivot, day schools, synagogues, <coughs> loan society, and hospitals. Immediately prior to Jacob's entering Egypt, we read how did Jacob sent Judah before him unto Joseph to show the way before, <coughs> the, before him in, into Goshen, Genesis 46, 28. The Hebrew word for to show the way is lehorot, but can also mean to teach, Torah. Both words, Torah and lehorot, are derived from the same shorish. Rashi quotes in the Midrash, the Midrash that Judah was sent ahead to establish a yeshiva. Yeshiva, perhaps, our sages are suggesting that Father Jacob would only agree to bring his family to Egypt in if his son Judah would, would first establish a separate Torah-oriented community. It is strange that Jews in the very country of their diaspora begin to pray for rain in the daily Amida prayers in December 4th or 5th. The onset of the rainy season in Babylon, according to the Moran Tanit, Dav 10, Yud, it would be understandable either to pray for rain when the rainy season begins in Israel, our universal Jewish home, which is Mar Cheshvan 7. That's when we in Israel begin to say already, uh, praying for rain. For, for, um, for when the rainy season begins 
in the host country of the Jew who is praying, why does a Jew in America leak the request for rain to the, to the winter in Babylon? I believe that the, that the choice of December 4th goes beyond a specific country, Babylon. Rather, its date tied to a specific country, Babylon, its date's tied to concept, how to live in exile. The sages wanted to, remi to remind us that if we are in the exile, the only kind of exile in which we stand a chance of surviving is the one sin. I believe that the choice of December for goes beyond Pacific country Babylon. Rather, it's date, it's date tied to a concept, how to live in Galut. The sages wanted to remind us that if we are in exile, the only kind of exile in which we stand a chance of surviving is to one similar to Babylon. There we live by our own laws and we're ruled, we're ruled by our own exilarch. We live as a state within a state in our, in our own Jewish communities. It certainly, it's certainly true that when the ghetto walls were barbed with sharp wires, it crushed the spirit of the Jews who yearned for some light freedom of movement. Centuries of hatred took their toll. But when the ghetto's walls began to crumble during the Napoleonic reign, Jews by the thousands of millions became disaffected and alienated from their roots and traditions and were lost to Judaism, perhaps forever. With the walls at all leads to the tragedy of Americans uh, where uh, wholesale assimilation. The, Gesh the Goshen factor is important to Jewish survival in exile. If we are willing to recognize this, it affects our choice of schools, neighbors, and entertainment. <clears throat> Modern Jews who want the best for both worlds may have to realize that not all disparate worlds are reconcilable. There are times when we just might have to return to some form of self-imposed ghetto. That is, we want to stop the stream of three-day-a-year Jews becoming not even one-day-a-year Jews. Shabbat Shalom, Yechanaka Sameach.